Welcome to the Future Foodcast. I'm Pam Linemiller, your host. And as you know, we're a group of food enthusiasts and food technologists talking all about the future of food. Thank you to our sponsor, Farm to Plate, a software company enabling better food supply management today. So we are so excited today to welcome the founder and president of Ambrose Coffee Roasters, Tony Argeropoulos. Tony, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me, Pam. Yeah, so glad to have you, Tony. And we are, can't wait to hear about all about Ambrose Coffee Roasters, but tell us how you even got started with this. Welcome to the Future Foodcast. I'm Pam Miller, your host. And as you know, we're a group of food enthusiasts and food technologists talking all about the future of food. Thank you to our sponsor, Farm to Plate, a software company enabling better food supply management today. So we are so excited today to welcome the founder and president of Ambrose Coffee Roasters, Tony Argeropoulos. Tony, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me, Pam. Yeah, so glad to have you, Tony. And we are, can't wait to hear about all about Ambrose Coffee Roasters, but tell us how you even got started with this company. Our coffee company was founded about three years ago, but this was rooted a long time ago. Um, it was rooted about 10 years ago because we have some, uh, some family back home in Greece that has a very big and well-respected coffee company. And the initial idea was to bring them over to North America. Now, um, they, they were growing very fast over there and they got some investment and um, they were not able or the timing wasn't right for them to make the, 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 the leap over uh, across over to, where, to North America. And during that time, you know, I had learned how to roast. We had, we had done a lot of things on our end. And because the timing wasn't there, we decided with, with their blessing uh, to, to start our own roasting company uh, over here, up in Montreal. This is pretty much uh, how the, the foundation was laid to this company. Um, and like I said, uh, we, we learned how to roast. We, we made an investment in ourselves. We went to a local co-op where there was a few companies roasting. We would buy time in the machine. We would roast. We, you know, we, we read a lot about it. We spoke to a lot of people. Uh, we, we took our time to learn about this business before we, you know, we took the leap because it's not an easy business to get into. It's uh, there's there's uh, there's barriers, there's expertise, and uh, it, there's a delicate product that's uh, that's in the balance here, right? So uh, we're buying something that's uh, raw, and we're here to transform it, and um, we're we're buying the, the the fruit of a lot of hardworking farmers, and we're not here to it was very important for us to be able to do this the right way. So we took our time to lay the foundation of this company. That is a really important point. Let, we're going to unpack several of the things that you said, Tony, but let's let's start at the beginning. Like you were, were planning ahead of time. I mean, your business actually started during the pandemic, which is which is a little bit crazy to think about, but, but you had been doing the work ahead. Like you said, you were learning about roasting and renting time on the roasting machine to, to figure out. And I want to hear some more about that, but you have gone from that learning and then starting your company during the pandemic to now you have several different avenues 
for which you um, supply your coffee beans. Can you tell us about, you know, where you are now? And then we're going to go back to a little bit how you got there because you're in retail stores and you also sell wholesale and tell us what's happening with that. Yeah. So um, right now we're in about 200 stores across Quebec and we're in several outlets across Canada. So uh, we work with, uh, with some grocery chains, some bigger national grocery chains that they have a few of our products. Um, some of the, you know, more classic roasts, still specialty, but um, they, they chose a couple of roasts that they feel that would be a bridge for their, for the grocery clientele. So we have uh, a few of our SKUs over there. And then we have a, a bigger range of coffee in some smaller boutiques and some some uh, specialty cafes across the country at the moment. Yeah. So tell me about the different roasts for those who are not familiar with coffee roasting, because it's very specific business. Like you said, you you were learning about it. Um, take us through how that happens, like how you figure out about beans and then how to roast them a, a little bit about your learning curve. Well, yeah, well, beans are every bean is different and it depends on what you want to do with it. So as a more specialty roaster, we're very particular of the coffee we, 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 we import. So in, in the past and in commercial roasting, they are less, they, they care less. And I don't, maybe that's not the best term, but they're less particular about what coffee they buy and bring in. They're a little bit more price-based because they roasted dark. When I say they roast it dark, it's like a piece of meat. If you're going to do it well done every time, it's not as important to to source the right one, right? So, if, but if you're if you're if you have a filet mignon, you're not going to roast well done, right? So, if you're going to roast, if you're going to barbecue, or if you're going to cook it a certain way, you're a little more particular what you're buying. So, uh, a commercial roaster will will buy coffee, will roast it darker, and basically at the end, you're you're pretty much getting a roasty taste of it. So you can put any coffee in the roaster and 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 roast it dark and and get that that you know that more bitter roastiness out of it. That's okay. what the end product is of pretty much all the coffee, right? So what we do is that we buy better coffee, better higher grade coffee, coffee that's that's probably has a lot of characteristics to it and it's our job to bring out those characteristics. Actually, more specifically, it's our job not to lose those while we roast. Okay, that's interesting. So the quality of the coffee bean is important if you're just not trying to get that that dark roast. Like you said, I think your analogy is a great one that all of our listeners can relate to, kind of like cooking a steak or, or the filet mignon. You know, obviously, if you're well done, it doesn't matter if it's charred because it doesn't matter what the source was as much. It's going to be a charred piece of meat. However, exactly. the finer where you care more about the texture, the flavor, all of that, you're going to buy a better quality piece of meat. Same thing sure. with coffee beans. What makes a higher quality coffee bean? I, I don't know. I mean, to me, coffee beans are all coffee beans. Like how, how do you figure that out? Are there certain characteristics or places they're grown or uh, how they're managed or how do you figure that out? So there's a lot of elements we'll call quality coffee mean. It, it all starts in the, in the terroir. So basically in the, the natural landscape of where it's grown and also the farming practices used. If we can go back, I think this will be important to, 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 yeah. to um, lay the foundation of this, of this point was that uh, specialty coffee 
came about about you know maybe let, let's call it 15 years ago give or take that this 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 wave of specialty coffee because of the advent of technology so we were able to with technology with probes with software that we hooked up to the roasting machines we were able to see a lot more of what's going on in that machine right so and, and in real time and we would get a lot more data some primary data some secondary data some data that you're looking at while the, while you roast some data you look at after you roast so you can prepare for the next time so when you have a lot more control and a lot more information of what's going on during the roasting process you can improve your cup and you can improve your consistency when you can improve consistency you're more confident in buying better quality coffee because you know you'll you could get the most out of that coffee so what, what went on uh, let's call it 15 years ago is that roasters were getting more consistent and better quality roasts and they said you know what we are okay to invest more and buy higher quality coffee higher quality coffee again it's it's coffee that's grown somewhere where there's a lot of more risk in coffee right so there's certain varieties there's certain elevations and there's a lot of things going around coffee where the farmer needs to know that that they'll be able to to sell the coffee and there's a buyer for that coffee because they're taking risk of losing that so they're they're putting a lot more emphasis on what they're growing how they're growing it how they're picking it how they're processing it and they need to know that there there's there's buyers out there for this so if not it wouldn't be worth it for them right yeah. So um, when they were seeing roasters, there was more demand for different kind of coffee with different characters, um, characteristics, different profiles, uh, different varieties. Back at the farm level, they were like, well, we could, you know, let's let's start investing a little bit more on our end and giving some giving growing some different types of coffee uh, because it seems like there's a demand here. And that is how, that's the root of this wave of specialty coffee, where more and more farms and producers in different places in the world saw that there was a demand for a variety of, of higher grade coffee producing. So that's what pretty much happened. And yeah, so, and that's yeah. an exciting development, actually, where, you know, you're up leveling that that coffee farmer to be able to produce a higher quality product when you're guaranteeing somebody's going to be out there that wants that more special coffee. Yeah, because it's risky for them. There's a lot of varieties that is are very risky for them to lose uh, in terms of uh, even pests and disease and um, and a lot more labor intensive for them to even pick because better co coffee usually, again, there's, there's a lot to it because there's so many different kinds of coffees but you'll usually find them in high elevation, a lot higher than lower quality coffee, right? Okay. Um, and that just on a labor perspective, that's a lot more expensive and risky to, to go in and, and pick and harvest. So there's a lot of elements to it. So in terms of like the chemistry of the coffee uh, and in terms of the labor. Yeah. Well, and those farmers, I mean, yeah. So you're trying to match up. You're trying to find those sources. I imagine that's a whole ecosystem on its own, trying to identify uh, those farmers and those sources for somebody like you who is seeking that specialty coffee. How does that how does that work, Tony? So we're we're in a stage right now where it's it's not 
easy, but it's accessible, right? So we're, we're not looking at like, you know, obscure markets right now to, 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 to find this coffee. It's, it's readily available if you're willing to pay the price. And if you're, you know, it's, it's readily available right now. So we work with a lot of good importers. So they'll, they'll, they'll do the sourcing. They'll bring in coffee. And there's, there's, there's many in, in North America. We work with importers from the U.S. and from Canada. And we would talk to them with for, with our needs, and they'll be like, "Well, we have um, we have this, this, and this." They send us samples, and we'll basically cup those all that coffee. We'll we'll sample it, and we'll we'll make our decision. Uh, there are there are other coffees that we have in our range that we work more directly with the farm. So we'll either work directly with the farm, we'll we'll, we'll work with somebody who has direct contact, and we'll bring in the coffee, sort of on our own, right? So uh, it depends on, we have a lot of different, we work with different farms, different producers. So some coffees you know, we'll, we'll work with the, with importers that have already brought in the coffee. Sometimes we'll work more directly. But yes, it's readily available if you're able to, if you're willing to, 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 to pay the price and if you're willing to, if you're good enough to, to choose the right coffee for yourself, right? So yes, it is readily available. Um, if in this at this time, point in time in the market yeah and and that's exciting so the, yeah. the other thing that you referred to was your experience and also technology helping you figure out how to when you do buy that higher quality coffee bean then to not lose some of the characteristics that you're paying the extra money for and that the farmers are putting extra care into and taking the extra risk to get that. And that I'm charging my customers also. Charge your customers. Yeah, my customers are, are also paying premium. So it's my responsibility not to to lose what the farmer grew and the right. So yeah. we're we're kind of that that point where we do the transformation. And if I'm going to charge a certain amount for a bag of coffee, I want to make sure that the customer is buying the closest they can to what the coffee is meant to be. Right. Yeah. So that, that sourcing is really important, but then your expertise is really important as well. And you mentioned being able to tap into actually what's going on with the beans at different stages during roasting. So do you keep track of that? Like, can you do duplicate that? Do you have, you know, the certain varieties and then how you roast them? How to kind of like a cooking recipe idea? Yeah. So the software, the software we use, it has a history. So it, it, it registers every roast. Okay. So that helps us two ways. One way is that if we get a brand new coffee, um, we, well, let's say now I'm getting, we're buying new Ethiopians. We just bought some and they're coming in. I know that I can look at some similar coffees and kind of get an idea to how they behave. So I'll be able to use that as a reference and then uh, find, you know, get to know this coffee and, and smooth, smooth out this roast, right? So with that, with those, um, all these documented roasts we've done, you know, it helps us even buy new coffees and roast them the right way. Every time you hope to get better, you'll never see perfection but you'll, you'll, you'll get better with every roast. This is what we hope, right? And then as we get to know the coffee and we see that, okay, you know what? We're hitting at a good point right now. We're roasting it pretty well. It's pretty smooth. Again, uh, you know, we're, we're working with graphs. We want smooth graphs. We don't want peaks and valleys. We don't want it to char. We don't want it to, to drop and lose too much heat. It also helps us grow with the coffee. 
in a sense. So mm -hmm. the more we go, the better the coffee should be because we can super repeat the roasts over and over because we have all the data. Yeah. You know, and we love technology. As I said in the introduction, we are a lot of food technologists and listeners to our podcast looking for how to take advantage of, you're mentioning software and, and data and, and how you can just be better at what you do. And uh, it's this unique relationship you're developing with the coffee that I think is so cool in what you're describing to me. It's kind of like a partnership with you and that's that coffee source, you know, you're getting a specific relationship going there to produce the best roasted coffee. And I really like that. You know, we talked about another thing that really makes Ambrose Coffee Roasters stand out. And that's kind of your approach to marketing and communication, which is a little different than your, you know, average advertising idea. And I'd love for you to share some of that with our audience. Well, um, the way we, we, we want to grow our, our brand is uh, that we're, we are a coffee brand at core, but we don't always talk about coffee. We do a lot of different fun things. We talk about, um, we're, we're very design oriented. We, we like to make things fun. Like our philosophy is we want to be that charismatic, interesting professor that will make you learn with that and you don't even realize it, right? Like, that you could um, relate to so much and that is fun and, and witty and, um, and creative in a way where you don't even know you're learning. So we want our customers to, to drink better coffee and, and not obviously know that they're drinking better coffee, but we offer something where we just want them to just get used to drinking much better coffee and just feel a part of our brand, right? Mm -hmm. and, and learn about like why, why you're paying this amount for a bag of coffee and, right. and not be able to, to go back after a lot of our customers, you know, they, they made the leap and they're like, I don't know how we were drinking different coffee before, before <laughs> it was just, an, this, it was an empty, it was a lot of emptiness before. And now not only with our, our branding and, you know, we make people feel a part of the community, but even the, the coffee has so much more character and you can, from one coffee to another, you can um, you can get so much. It's such a there's such a variance between coffees, and you're like, wow, I can't believe like we can taste different things. Whatever in the morning we feel like we're drinking one thing. So I mean, it's okay. it's a whole it's it's a whole other world that that we offer as specialty coffee roasters. Not only us, uh, my my also my colleagues in the industry. So uh, we're we're doing a special thing, and in terms of our our branding approach. I, we just feel that it's just a way for to make to make it fun, to make it interesting, to make it creative, and to really create a brand around really beautiful natural product. And once you engage those potential customers, if they're not customers yet, you you get their attention, and then they engage, and then they try some of your coffee. It's kind of like they didn't know what they didn't know when they were just drinking other other grades of coffee, I guess I'll call it that, not the specialty coffee realm. And it's like you're introducing them to this whole new world, kind of, you you spoke of that. And and then they they find it hard to go back. Like they now have a more refined palate for their coffee, right? And they're not going to just have the everyday average brand. 
they they really right. want what you're bringing to the table and the the different varieties and the different flavors and certainly the quality of beans that you're roasting and they can tell the difference is what I'm hearing you say for sure they can tell the difference first of all us all our coffees will tell you where they came from right okay. you have the information so you have a connection already with at least on a surface level you have some kind of connection at least you know where this is coming from sometimes it comes from one farm sometimes it comes from a community of farmers, of small farms that put their coffee together, but you'll know, you'll have information of where this comes from. And so it is a lot of people, they, they've connected with not only our brand, but they connected with a different way of drinking their coffee. And it's very difficult to go back. I mean, I'll always say this, that cream and sugar is a byproduct of bad coffee. Ah, okay. Yeah. It, what was happening in in before the third wave of coffee let's call it is that the coffee was again it was hollow and it was it was roasted usually too dark and it was too old and there was pretty much nothing left in it other than like that bare taste of roasted coffee which is fine but this is why people would add so much sugar and cream and milk in there because to make it drinkable really yeah, you, it's funny that you say that, but I'm going to, I love, that's a quotable quote right there, that cream and sugar is a byproduct of bad coffee. I know friends of mine that used to drink some coffee with their cream. I used to tease mm, them yes. about that. You know, you're, you're not enjoying the coffee. You're putting so much cream and sugar in there that you're adding a little coffee. It seems like, you know, when it's like pouring. a sprinkle of that coffee taste in their cream and, and exactly. sugar. Exactly. That's what it is. Yeah. That, that is a quotable quote right there. I'm going to, I'm going to carry that forward because I do enjoy coffee and I'm looking forward to, you know, challenging my palate a little bit and searching out some Ambrose coffee because uh, I, I need to get in the community here, obviously. I think <laughs> well, you'll enjoy it. I, I no doubt after this, um, PR move on your part, uh, just just the whole specialty coffee realm, which I'm very aware of, and I do buy higher grade coffee, but looking forward to trying yours. So tell me uh, something that we don't know, and we we we've kind of covered how you got started. I love the the kind of the family connection, even though the timing wasn't right for that to be a direct connection, but the fact that you're bringing that heritage forward in your own company and, and how you put the work in from an entrepreneurial standpoint, it, you don't just jump in, you, you have to learn the business and then put the work in to do that. And that's not an easy thing. You're really paying attention to your sourcing, but you know, what else do you want our listeners to know before we go today, Tony? You, you just have a great history here and a really great idea for a company going, you're being successful. It's very exciting. What else would you like to leave them with? Well, um, I think it's uh, in, uh, on the end. I think it's, it's really important to know that it's not very difficult to get a better copy. Some people that they, they feel it's, it's, it's a mountain, like, Oh, it's, it's more expensive, even though we're, we're pretty, we're still pretty affordable. Our coffee, even our most expensive coffee per cup, it's less than what you would pay when you when, to make it at home. It, it's less than what you would pay to, to go get a, any kind of uh, cafe, right? Yeah. Per cup, per cup, we've even, we're on par with like McDonald's, right? Yeah. So if you really calculate, I think a lot of them are, are even cheaper. So th there's, there's, a, there's a lot of depth to coffee people. They really lose themselves in, in, in the rabbit hole. They get coffee and, 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 you know, they'll try different ways of brewing it. They'll, the, the, you know, you can go very deep with it, but it doesn't take a lot to just get better coffee, you just by buying buying good beans from a local roaster, 
that you know that number one, it's it's usually look at we always put a roast date on it. We don't put an expiry date, and I think that's the, the one thing that people should look out for. If there's an expiry date, it's not specialty. It's okay. probably really old because coffee doesn't necessarily expire. It it you know it it will last a long time, but what lasts there? You know, a hollow shell almost, right? So if there's an expiry date, it's probably not specialty. If there's a roast date, it's probably it probably is. So that's one thing to look out for. It doesn't take much. You you start buying better coffee. If you have a grinder at home, that's that's amazing. You can keep it fresher longer. And you just start from there. And then then you take it from there. Some people like they, they get into it and they're like, oh, I want to try this method. I want to try that method. I want to try a light rose Ethiopian. I like it medium. I like it darker. But the barrier to entry to drink specialty coffee is very low, even though there's a lot of depth to it and you can go, you can go deep into it. So I think you just start by buying from a local roaster making sure that a roast date is there so you can drink it with in a reasonable period you know if you can start drinking it within within the month that's 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 ideal and um and that's it i encourage people to encourage local roasters i encourage people to by encouraging local roasters you encourage also farmers who, who have a face right it's not just you know a lot of times uh commercial coffee will go into even specialty farmers they haven't sold their coffee let me buy the rest of your coffee, buy it for like under cost. And the farmers suffer. Um, when you're buying from, from us, from a roaster like us, you're, you know, you're buying something that came from somewhere, right? So you're, 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 you're there's a chain, a connection that is, is there and everybody you're, you're basically buying from, from that chain. You're buying from a different railroad line. And I think it's important to know that. And the barrier to entry is, is low and um, and that's it. You should give your local roasters a shot. Yeah, thank you for that. Just making specialty coffee more accessible and uh, another quotable quote, buying from a farmer with a face, which is yeah. what you do in the specialty coffee realm. And I think a lot of our listeners, uh, that appeals to them, very into supporting those who support us with the global food supply. Tony, thank you so much for being with us today. And I also want to thank our sponsor, Farm to Plate. They are a software company creating the food business ecosystem of the future today. This is Pam signing off and we'll see you next time. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Future Foodcasts. Future Foodcasts is powered by Farm to Plate, the leading food blockchain platform. Subscribe on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts to stay up to date with the very latest innovations in the food industry. Thank you.